the noticer. Not only does he notice, but his nose notices. <laughs> his nose the nose disser. No one knows how much does he notice. Yes. Well, hey, everybody, and welcome to The Debrief with your friends here at Sandals Church, where we're Pastor Matt is giving real answers to tough questions. I'm sitting here today with our friend Jono, who's joining us for the show this morning. Hey, guys. How we doing? And we've got, as always, the PMB. Yeah. So, Jono looks yeah. really friendly from the neck up. Thanks, man. <laughs> but when you look at his outfit, which you can only see if you're watching online, yeah. it's like he's got tactical gear on and he's going to well, kill a buck or something. Here, here's the thing. Arrowhead. Which is where you live. Which okay, was yeah. where I live. Yeah. Arrowhead Campus, shout out. Uh, we do things a little different up there. Yeah, apparently. You, you gotta be kill ready. animals nice. after the debrief. It's, yes, you're in it. In it. I mean, but seriously though, two weeks ago, I had a huge bear on my deck. What? Huge. I woke up, massive bear come out. I didn't get to wrestle him. I wanted to, uh, but my wife's like, no, don't do it. So yeah, was, no, don't do that. Like, don't, do you have yeah. good life insurance policy? I do actually. Yeah. Does so, it cover bears? I have I a great know. life insurance policy and mm. here's why. So my wife's next husband can live in comfort <laughs> oh, yeah. and not have the stresses that I've had. That's, that's, that's why <laughs> I, that why? I have taken that's care good. of him. I've thought about him. Okay. Yes. That's well, good. Good job. What yeah, do you think about? It's the details. Yeah. yeah. The noticer. That's right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> right. Yeah. But no, I, I, we love, love it up there. Love it in Arrowhead. Um, can we, can I do a shout out to yeah. my, my small group? Yes. We, we, we love listening to the debrief. So I love getting to be here. Mm -hmm. to well, don't screw the episode up. Well, yeah. I know yeah. I'll, it's no pressure, right? But um, there's a tremendous pressure. Yeah. There, I, I feel it right now. Yeah. There's I a do. tiny camera pointing in your face that everyone's I do. watching. Right oh, now. don't think about it. Don't think, <laughs> no, no. I love my small group. Mm. They're great. We're meeting tonight. I'm excited about these questions. They're good. Yes, mm -hmm. they're good questions. Um, yeah. We, yeah. We, have you ever watched the Joe Rogan podcast? I have. Yes. Okay, I tried to watch it, but he he cusses a little much for me, mm. and he's a pretty he colorful guy. Smokes. I can't handle that. It's he like does. four hours long. Tyler yeah. will listen to it. Well, that's just... why when you smoke marijuana, time is irrelevant. Yeah, yeah, that, so. that is a thing. That he he has some good stuff though. He yeah, no, no, into, some some good stuff and some some good, but then they get a little. Yeah, he he's like he's like Trump. Yeah, when he's right, he's right, and when he's wrong, he doesn't. <laughs> he does know. a lot of shock and awe. That, that is true. <laughs> right. yeah. That is true. Please uh, hold your questions, yeah. Joe yeah. Rogan fans. Where yeah. we're not comparing him. To yeah, no, yeah. We're not. yeah. That's yeah I would love to be in Trump's cabinet. Just be like, yes, yes, and then just be the tapper, like tap his shoulder. No, 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 no not this no, one. No, 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 that's no. no. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's I've had good. experience in, in some. Uh, yeah. Okay. Like yes. <laughs> oh, okay. You know what? I very kindly just sent a text. It's been a good hey. run, everybody. Thank you. Give a shout out to Stephanie. Yeah, She's not going to be with but us. She said no too many times. Uh -huh. Oh my gosh. Okay, yeah. just for the record, Stephanie has texted me after I've made some tweets. Yes, and said, "Hey, oh, hey we're maybe. gonna we're gonna pull that one Here's down." Here's the thing. I yeah. know what you meant, but how it's gonna come across is yeah. <laughs> you need someone gonna, in your life like that. Yeah. though. you, uh, you yes. do. You yes. do. We all do. Yeah, yeah. everyone does. Yeah, it's everyone true. needs like, hey, here's. Here's the thing. Yeah, I, I know you're you. not a racist, but. <laughs> yeah, but what you said yeah. will sound that way. Yes. Yeah, that's a problem. I know you this. don't hate all people, however. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but your tweet. Your tweet. Maybe there was know. a typo. I don't yeah. know. That's the connection my wife and I have. She's a high eight. I'm mm. a high nine. Whoa. And so we balance each other out. It's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's she super correct. She you and you submit. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually a really good conversation in our small group mm. uh, when we went through the through the uh, you, or self yeah. Real, real uh, serious, about you. serious about you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, it's been so long now. 
we went through the eight and I'm thinking, okay, this is going to be good. We're going to really unpack some stuff. And our eights, man, they came out swinging. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was, I wasn't ready for that as, <laughs> as leading, trying to lead this thing. And yeah. it got heat. It was good. We no, actually if, had some If really someone is not bleeding at yeah. the end of a small group with eights, then it Dude, wasn't it was, real. It was, we came together. <laughs> that really had actually like built us as a yeah. group. We was, it was, so, you just got to push to the nine that's terrified of. Can you give me a little more volume? That's right. So Absolutely. my wife is a counterphobic six. And okay. so the difference between, uh, that's good. A, a counterphobic six and a regular six is a counterphobic six attacks what they're afraid of. Mm. And so they can be confused as eights. Mm. But the motivation is not control, it's mm. fear. And yeah. so that's okay. been something that's really been helpful. So when my wife is afraid, watch out. So because she, she comes out, you know, she's like a mama. Huh. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes so. sense. But yeah, yeah, you, you don't want to mess around with that. All right. All right. Before we kick off the show, I Sorry. do want to say that we, this episode is sponsored oh, yes. by our friends over at Gateway Seminary. They've got a lot of great programs, a lot kicking off in the new year. So if you want to check that out, head to gs.edu. Yeah. Amen. Love that yeah. school. Great school. Sweet. Have you have you seen it over there by Ontario Airport? Uh, I, I've driven by it, but yeah. you know, I was just at a conference and they had a table set up. Mm-hmm. And from listening to the podcast, uh, I was like, you know, I, I, I'll go check it out. Let's go see and meet some folks over there. And they were really nice. Really yeah. great. Great school. Good programs. It's yeah. good for me. Really good programs. It was cool. I've, I've passed on the information to some folks. Yeah. It's cool. Nice. So you it's both good. are in small group, right? Yes. So you yeah, said you are, you are. Yeah. So we had, so I, I don't know if you're, if you're, our debrief listeners are not in a community group, but get in one. Yes, don't pray about it. Absolutely. It's literally what it means to be a Christian is, you know, You've got to work it out in small groups. And so that's just the reality. Um, yes. So last night, oh my gosh, the questions, which just so you know, I write the questions and then they are rewritten. Our group's team, <laughs> our group's team rewrites them. Takes so, that great content. Again, yes. that person turns you need. Well, because I write yeah. the questions after I'm done with the sermon yeah. and I'm, I'm low energy at that done. point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, but man, last night was intense and real and the thing that shocked me the most was I'm my small group right now is um, everybody's Christian. They're all solid Christian, which is mm-hmm. not true of every, every group. Sure. Um, and it doesn't need to be that way. But I was amazed at how hard it was for long-term mature Christians to answer the question, what is marvelous about you? What, mm-hmm. what has God made in you that's marvelous? And mm-hmm. literally I'm watching my group just scared, to mm-hmm. say what they think it is. And you know me, I'm like, I'll go first. I'll tell you, I'll tell everyone what's marvelous <laughs> about me. And um, and and that didn't help anybody. And so um, it, it just breaks my heart that as, a, as the church, we've not done a good job at communicating. Like we are, we are made in the image of God. Mm-hmm. Um, even mm-hmm. in our fallen state, there's something in us that reflects the glory of God. And, um, and that just breaks my heart, you know, for people and, so I'll just tell you guys what I shared and then you can give me your thoughts. But yeah. one of the things that I think is marvelous about me, and I did not always know this, but as I encounter leaders uh, like me in my same position, one of the things that's extraordinarily different about me is I really care about people. Mm-hmm. I yeah, didn't know that sure. was a thing. Mm. Like I, I, thought, I, I, I and <laughs> so just so you know, the reason it's so hard to discover what's marvelous or uh, gifted about you is you don't think it's extraordinary because it's natural for you. Because you think everybody's probably Yeah, that you way. think everybody. Right. I, through the years, I've learned that even pa- most pastors do not like people, do not love people, don't care. And I'm like, and so I, I that's what I shared is, is I think that's one of the things that God's wired me is 
I genuinely care about people, mm-hmm. um, even people I don't like. I, I care about them. I want the best for them. And so mm-hmm. I was hoping that would get the ball rolling and it didn't. <laughs> and so what it huh, turned into is, is me going around and saying, um, here's, here's what, what I, I see about you. Yeah. you and you and you. And so it was interesting afterwards. Um, yeah, so here's, here's how my wife is marvelous. And my wife is this anomaly, right? Um, she is both creative and organized. Mm. And, and it's just mm. so rare. It's that so rare. rare. Yeah. So my wife can come up with a concept and finish it. Wow. Yeah. I <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just like, it's, it's amazing. I mean, she loves, she loves creating and planning and mm. organizing. It's bizarre. Yeah. And um, so let me put you guys on the spot. Sure. Oh, Lord. I'll, I'll go with you first. I can just, <laughs> Stephanie's eyes just rolled in the back of her head. I'm ready, man. What is marvelous about you? What has God put in you that, um, you know, and that's a tough word, marvelous. But sure. that's what the, the, the NLT hits it out of the park you know, th- these things are marvelous about yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I can say I I was raised by some pretty phenomenal parents that were so deeply in love with the Lord mm. that they, it wasn't that, hey, you can do anything, you know, you're perfect. Like they told me when I wasn't good at stuff, yeah. but there was that deeply ingrained, you know, God made you special. Yeah. God knit you, you know, all of that. And so I, I feel like I have a healthy foundation of that. Yeah, yeah. So I, I would say um, that ability to be able to, God has made me in a way in that, in that marvelous aspect to be able to see people of opposing p- positions or mm-hmm. opinions and to be able to hear them out, yeah. really hear them out yeah. and bring um, community where there's mm-hmm. been destruction, bring yeah. bring love where there's just been hate. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love those situations where I can go in and help kind of hear everyone's side of yeah, things. Yeah. I honestly believe that's that's God's wiring and how he's made me mm-hmm. unique. And I, when you said that, that, oh, everyone is probably this way. Right. I, I remember a lot, uh, many years thinking that and only later on in life, it was specific people that continued kind of where my parents left off and I left home, hey, here's what I see in you. And just those one little moments, like what you were shared in, in your small group, that one moment, how life-changing that is when you share that with somebody. Yeah. Like, hey, I, I don't know that you know this, but here's something really amazing about you, how God made you. That, man, that's powerful. I can think of specific moments yeah. in that in, in my life where people have spoken life and truth into me in that way. Mm. Yeah. All right. So, I know yeah. you've been freaking out over there. Uh, She's yeah. like a duck. I tried to draw so you know it how, out. how a duck looks smooth yeah, on the surface. Feet are, right now. Her legs feet are going. Look at this. What are the, um, I think one of the things that Tyler's actually helped me notice is I'm really great at helping people just feel comfortable with who they are and feel like they can be mm. themselves around mm-hmm. me. Um, yeah. He's pointed that out. Like I'm a nine, he's a four. And so he's like, oh yeah, he's like, I love that. Like I can just be myself and actually feel comfortable. So I feel like I'm good at that of like, you can just be who you are with me. I'm not going to judge you. I'm not going to treat you differently. Um, you can feel comfortable to be yourself yeah. around me. So I yeah. think that's one of the things that, yeah. I've Even the little bit of time way. that I've got to spend with you, I, I I would totally say that's true. Oh, awesome. Like welcoming in, hey, come on in. We're at a situation that could be kind of nerve wracking. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, come on in. Like you, you definitely have that vibe, I would yeah. say. Okay. about yeah. yeah. So the second half of that question was allow, allow people in your group to speak into it. Mm. And I think that was really helpful because I think the question yeah. would have stalled. Yeah. Like sure. oh, would have gone funny. nowhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, do you guys have the situation where people will try to like, hey, can we skip to the next one? Yeah. <laughs> Every week. Yeah. yeah. That's usually well, me. No, I'm like, no, oh, hold on, on, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> that one was too real. Can we not live our vision? Can we not, yeah. <laughs> can we not live the vision of authenticity? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, it was, I don't know, last night. And I, and I felt like, and just, you know, again, many of you guys, um, you're not in community group. You're not looking at those questions, but 
so much of the growth and so so much of what God has to say to you is not just in the message, but it's through your own words and the mm-hmm. words of the people in your community group yes. where the Holy Spirit continues to speak. Mm-hmm. And then when you look at the self-reflection that's below it, man, uh, and especially if you're a person, I know we have a question from somebody who is really having a hard time seeing the beauty in them, mm-hmm. really yeah. working through that. Um, you know, because, you know, David wrote Psalm 139. He's the same guy who said, surely I was a sinner since the day I was born. So mm-hmm. the guy struggled with self-worth. Um, and you know, struggled with inadequacy, and and yet trusted God mm-hmm. that man, God's made something amazing a, a, about me and in me, and um, and again, God doesn't make junk. It's yeah. powerful, man, when someone speaks into your life in that yeah. way. Mm-hmm. It's life changing. Yeah. yeah. So if you're not in a group, we would love to help you get one started. Even so, maybe if you're not near to Sandals Church campus or you don't know who to start a group with, well, you can actually start your own group. Just grab a couple of friends. We've got all the materials you need. Go to sandalschurch.com slash groups and we'll get you started. Are they still in those cool little boxes? Yeah, we give out these boxes box? that have mm-hmm. everything you need to start a group, including some- Those are great. It's yeah, the box fun little of conversation box starters. Of yeah, that's right. Yeah, don't miss out on being in a group. They're incredible. And we can also yeah. help you find a group near you if you need that as well. We yeah. waited two years. I know, it's real, I'm right? We, we, I, I feel it. We, we got one of the box, we're doing it, babe, we're doing it. And then it wasn't until, honestly, it wasn't until, I can't remember, it was you, maybe maybe Claude, it was a while ago, said, there's never gonna be a perfect time. Mm-hmm. There's never gonna be a perfect time to start a group. There's always gonna be a reason why not to. Mm-hmm. And and we went home and talked and said, you know what? Let's just do it. It's not perfect. The schedule actually, it doesn't make sense right now, but we wanna make it a priority. Mm-hmm. And we are so, and actually, oh, yeah. honestly, every week, when we look at each other when we have to kind of get the house ready and stuff. We're like, okay, why, are, why are we, should we still do this? Yeah. And then and as soon as the people show up, it's mm-hmm. like, yes, absolutely. These are our family. Yeah. Like, we really feel that way. This is our family. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's cool. Yeah, and I would say this, our group now started off so bad because we have <laughs> strong eights mm-hmm. that my wife was like, I, don't, I think we made a mistake. And I was telling her last night, I said, this has been one of my favorite groups. That's cool. So mm. don't don't judge the group based upon your, your initial reaction mm-hmm. and yeah. just know that That's good. Yeah. you know, man, if you hang in there and, and we've we've had to slug it out in our group. Like sure. we've had to we've had to have some like come to Jesus moments. Sure. Um uh, we had somebody in our group last night say he didn't want to come because he knew. And <laughs> he did know and we brought it. And wow. Um, because you know we're there to hold each other accountable and to and to encourage each other to follow Christ, and that's not always easy, especially when you're not doing it. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, so, but man, it, it was just a really, really powerful night, and um, it, it was great. And so we ended with prayer, and we got done, and then someone said in the group, "Man, I need some more prayer." Mm, and then cool. just like that's r- awesome. r- r- groups over, that's and it, they were man. just like, "I need, I need prayer for this," and we're like, "Oh my gosh, wow, that's cool." Yeah. That's it. High awesome. five, high eight. Okay. Which means they know everything and won't share anything. Won't tell right. <laughs> so, yeah, and, yeah. And it came out. And so, um, so if you're like completely lost on this whole Enneagram stuff, we're going to yeah. do another series. I'm thinking in the fall, I'm going to mm. call it Relational Remix. Ooh. And so instead of looking at the Enneagram for you, we're going to look at it in terms of relationships. Oh, I love that. Yeah. yeah so, That's good. Yeah. Yeah. So if you yeah. don't know what we're talking about with all these numbers, we've got a whole set of episodes all about all the types of Enneagram. So go ahead and go back a little bit and look at being real with Enneagram. You can walk through each number and start to understand a little bit more about each of those personalities yeah. and how they work. Is that yes. content still on, online? I think yeah. maybe they it yeah, the it. sermons are and the um, debrief episodes are. Okay, okay. If you want to take the actual test to find out what you are, you have to participate in our real workshops here at Sandals Church. Right. Otherwise hmm. you can get all the content. Cool. Okay. Yeah, get the app. Yeah. That's where it's at. 
I love oh, yeah. the app. The Sandals yeah. app is amazing. Yeah. It's a great, it's great app. So yeah, let's go ahead and dive in the message, or the questions today. And I'm actually going to pull up one of the ones we had. I already later, preached the message. You did already preach the yeah, message. We're not going to go back it. over that. Yeah. Uh, but actually somebody wrote in about this weekend's sermon on the same topic that we were just talking about with what she went over in small group, where she, she called herself Average Annie. And she yes. said, this weekend's sermon was so contrary to what I've been told my whole life. Growing up, my parents always said that God just made me average and ordinary, that mm. my sister got the beauty, my brother got the brains, and I got the leftover genes. Ugh. I've mm. been average in everything my whole life. I'm not gifted in any one area. I'm just decent in many things. How does an average person discover their talents? Yeah. Mm. Well, I'd like to have an average conversation with your parents. <laughs> oh, man. And uh, breaks. Yeah. good news, my brother here's got his camo pants on. Yeah. So we're going to I feel take... like my snowman mug is yeah, balancing this out. Yeah, it's it's not. Yeah. It says, hey, I'm here for fun. So we're going to take your parents to the shed. Yeah. To the woodshed. Seriously, shed. though. Yeah, no, man. because, I mean, you know, the reality is, uh, her name was what? She called herself Average Annie. Average, average Annie. Annie. There's nothing average about you. And so... The worst thing that parents can do is compare their children. Every child is unique and their own person. And I have three children and there's really, it's 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 hard to believe that they came mm. from the same two mm. people. Yeah, They're extraordinarily so different, different and yeah. they have different strengths and gifts. And so here's what I would say is, um, assuming your sister is beautiful, right? People tend to point out the, the low-hanging fruit, right? So things that we can see. And so mm. oftentimes the greatest strengths are not, it's not the fruit, it's the root. And so what you, what, th- this deep, deep strength that's in you um, is something that's helped you have to navigate between a sister and a brother who've gotten all the attention. And so don't mm. waste that experience because that's gonna make you much stronger. Mm. Because oftentimes beautiful people they crumble under pressure. They don't know what to do because things have been handed to them in life, mm-hmm. and um, you know, super talented or or whatever. You know, so like I talked this weekend about how like you know I have mild dyslexia. Uh, where Me too, uh, by the way, you I'm do too. So, so do you have yeah. problems with B, P, and D? Oh yeah. So those and are the my, floating. Oh, oh gosh. the floating. So oh my gosh. So you can imagine in <laughs> oh, Greek, yeah. right? Yeah. In Greek, it, it was brutal. Uh-huh. And so I used to get so frustrated because God, you've called me to do this, and so these guys are getting 110 percent. Um, so the problem with Greek when you take it is you can actually get a lower score than zero. <laughs> so it's terrible because, because you can get the definition of the word wrong. You can get the tense of the word wrong. You can get yeah. uh, the spelling of the word wrong. I mean, there's there's like five different things you can get wrong and you have to get them all right. To get, so, so like I took tests where it would have been better if I didn't show up. Oh, oh man. So, uh-huh. and, and it was just simply because the words bounced around. And um, I had to find a language teacher that talked. And once I found a language teacher that talked, yeah. I was like, fine. But all those guys, none of them are doing well in ministry. Mm. You know, the classroom was safe. It mm. was easy, right? And, and people don't make sense like academics. And right. so I've watched all those people and they just look at me and they're like, I don't understand why God would use you. I mean, mm. they're, you know, they're just jerks. So, um, you know, and, and some of them are divorced and they haven't done well relationally. And so oftentimes we, we stare at the low hanging fruit. This person's pretty, that person's smart, this person's athletic. And those people really struggle in life. Whereas mm. a lot of us who are late bloomers, and that's what I'm gonna say you are, you're coming into your own and you're learning who you are. And so the first thing you have to do is stop trusting the negative things your parents have said about you. Mm. And you have to start trusting the positive things your father in heaven has said about you. Mm. And what he's saying is he made you, you. And again, you don't see yourself and your parents don't see yourself the way you truly are. And so you mm. got to surround yourself with people that love you, 
believe in you, uh, care about you, and want to see you succeed. You mm. see, that's one of the ways that you can tell a true Christian. Um, they want to see you succeed. They're not jealous of your skill. They're not envious of your success. They are coming around you and celebrating God's unique glory in you. And so the first thing you need to do is not trust yourself, but trust God. And then slowly God will help you to trust yourself. And I would encourage you to get in some counseling mm -hmm. and yeah. just air out some of these horrific things that have been said to you because, you know, and if you're a parent listening, we all say bad things to our kids. Mm -hmm. We have bad yeah. thoughts, we have bad moments. What I've had to do is immediately come back and say, dad yeah. was wrong, yes. that is not true. I spoke out of frustration, anger, uh, sin. And I literally, I've looked my kids in the face. I need you to forgive me. And then I restate the truth of mm -hmm. who they are That's and good. what they are. Um, because man, parenting is not easy. Mm -hmm. It is not easy, so. Yeah, and as much as you wanna, as I read this, as I like, I share it with you, man, I get frustrated with these parents. Like, how could you? But you, you wonder what was their experience yeah, yeah, yeah what was there but maybe no one ever spoke that truth into their life as well and that's hard i think as as a young person to to get your head around that mm -hmm. your parents maybe they had things that they had to go through and and they're doing the best with what they got kind of a thing yeah um so you wonder you know you don't know the whole situation but man to think about i have a daughter that's four and uh, she she put on a, a new dress and she came and just looked and waited for me to say yeah, like, yeah. am i Am I enough? Am I beautiful? These and those little moments, man. Like to to hear someone say, "Ah, oh, I'm just average." God does not see that way. Yeah. I love and I, it ties in with what you spoke about this weekend about the self talk, some of that negative self talk, how how damaging that can be. And you roll those ideas in your head mm -hmm. over and over again, and you end up just really grabbing onto the lies. How do you deal with that? Some of that self talk stuff. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, you you you've you know, been on stage, both of you had, you know, you perform and, and it's always, I think it's it's okay to evaluate. Sure. But don't destroy yourself. And so um, the good news is if I prepared, if I plan, God's gonna use that message somehow, some way to speak to people and I have to trust mm -hmm. him in that. So are there things I can do? Is there sin that I need to confess? Is there a skill that I need to um, enhance or work on? Absolutely. But God has called me to do this and I'm gonna trust him in that. And if you're a parent, you're called, mm -hmm. like, right? You're, you're, you're called. God is the author of life. So you're now called. And uh, we went to see Creed this weekend. We've oh, seen yeah. Creed. And so there's a moment in the film that I'm not giving away the story, but um, he discovers that he's going to be a parent. And I, you know, um, his uh, fiance, they're not married yet, but his fiance says, I'm not ready. And I love what he says. Then we need to get ready. Mm. Mm, and good. I love that. I just love that, like, okay, we're not ready, but we need to get ready and we need to mm. do this because God's called us to this. Now, he doesn't say that in the movie, but I'm telling you, God's called you to be a parent and and, and you need to get ready. And mm. so I just think we all need to be aware of self-talk. And again, go back to Genesis 3. Genesis 3, when, whenever you're trying to understand anything about the Bible, the root of everything is Genesis 3. Mm. God says, Adam, where are you? And Adam says, I'm hiding because I'm naked. And God asks us just a question, who told you you were naked? Mm. So shame, and never forget this, shame is the gift of sin. Mm. Shame is. So, and we think of gifts as positive, but it, the gift of sin is shame. They feel ashamed. And so it started with whispers of inadequacy. Mm -hmm. God doesn't want you to eat this because you're missing out on something. 
you're not enough. Yeah. If you eat this fruit, you will be. And so that's what the devil does, right? He's the deceiver. And, and you gotta think about this. This came up in small group last night. Many of us have forgotten we have a personal savior and we have a personal deceiver. Mm. And he whispers and he speaks. And sometimes just like the Holy Spirit can use my mouth to speak to you, the deceiver can use your parents' mouth to speak to you, can use a boyfriend's mouth, mm. an ex or a girlfriend. Like he can, he can use words, he can use your own thoughts. I'm not good enough. I'm ugly, I'm fat, I'm, I'm not this or I'm not that. And we have these extraordinary moments of, of just raw insecurity and we have to deal with that. And I've dealt with it my whole life. And um, I've just constantly had to say, okay, God's not called me to be something I'm not. He's called me to give what I have and lay it at the table. Like mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a living sacrifice. And, um, you know, we, 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 it was interesting last night, man, we just had a great small group, but mm -hmm. one of our guys, Adam, talked about the different offerings in the Old Testament, like the burnt offering and the, 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 the meal offering mm -hmm. and then the, the blood offering and, and what that meant. And it was just so powerful. You know, the burnt offering, right, is here, God, take it all. It's gone. But the meal offering is something that we share with God. Mm. It's bringing what we have and sharing it with the Lord. And uh, then the blood is just asking for blessing. Mm. But it's just so incredible. Like what, what we need to do is, right? When we come to Christ, that's the burnt offering. Boom, take it all. But the Romans 12 too, you know, live a living sacrifice, man, that's sharing. Okay, God, you've given me these gifts. You've given me this money. I'm gonna share this with you. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna use this for your glory. And we're not held accountable for gifts we don't have. We don't all... And here's why we feel insecure because we re, we recognize, which is true, I don't have your gifts. I don't have your gifts. Well, that must mean I'm not. No, it means- That's that next step. Yeah, it means I'm not you and I'm not you, I'm me. Mm -hmm. So what must I do? And we're so outwardly focused. And I think that, man, that's what I noticed last night in small group is these people that I love that are mature. I've been working out for 20 years real with self. Mm -hmm. So when somebody asks me, hey, what's wrong with your life? Man, let's chat. I, I'm there, you're I already roll. there, yeah. But if somebody says, hey, what's great about your life? What's marvelous? I can also, okay, yeah. here, I, I know what my gifts are and I know what my strengths are. And uh, it wasn't a spiritual gifts test. <laughs> it right. was just learning, okay. And, and paying attention to yourself, paying attention to how people experience you, paying attention to how God uses you. And man, Every single one of us has something to bring. And so the parable mm -hmm. of the talents, right? The parable of the five, the two, and the one, they're, they're not accountable. The, the guy with five is not accountable for six. The guy with two is not accountable for three. The guy with one is not accountable for two. What they're accountable for is to bring what they have. And the rewards, here's what's great, is not based about based on what they started with, it's what they did with it. Mm -hmm. And so that's the beauty. And so let me find that one talent that I'm good at. And, and let's be honest, there are people that are just extraordinarily talented. Mm -hmm. Just praise God, that's not you. Yeah. <laughs> because on judgment day, <laughs> like on judgment day, yeah. man, that's gonna be a long conversation. You know, um, they, they're, they're just are extraordinary people. And, and, um, and it's okay to look at that. And here's what I would say, look at that. And and like if a woman is more is more beautiful than you, whatever that means, right? Give glory to God. God God creates beauty, but mm -hmm. He also creates diversity. Mm -hmm. He's not interested in everyone looking the same way. And so, you know, people with beauty have to have certain strengths in order to handle that, right? You have to be extraordinarily strong not to become prideful, vain, mm -hmm. self conceited. You know, those are things that made the devil who he is. And um, uh, just because something is beautiful is not because it's good. 
um, I, I want to write this book um, called Sex Drive. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I talk about it is not trusting beauty. And uh, in nature, when something is beautiful, mm. it's usually poisonous. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So if you guys want to huh. Google this, it's the most it's the most gorgeous. I don't like snakes. Snakes creep me out. But if you want to Google a gorgeous snake, Google the white-lipped snake from Indonesia. It is the most spectacular thing you've huh. ever seen. They don't know why, but they come out blue, like turquoise blue. And wow. they have yellow eyes and white lips. That's wild. The, it, well, yeah, and when it bites you, it's wild. It's like it's bad news. Like you're gonna be, you're gonna be in bad shape. Yeah. It's How big bit, do they get? Uh, not very big. They're tree snakes in okay. Indonesia. But wow. man, just beautiful. Like you see it and you want to pet it. You're like, oh my gosh. And I think about what on earth must that snake have looked like oh, in Genesis yeah. three. Sure. Just gorgeous, right? Sure. Mm-hmm. And um, but man, oftentimes when something is spectacularly beautiful and colorful. Mm. Nature is saying, don't touch. Don't touch, don't touch. <laughs> and so what do we do? We're it's like, so oh my gosh. And we're drawn to that. And I'm not saying that her sister's evil because she's beautiful. <laughs> but, you know, I remember, you know, my, my wife's had three kids and, and you just had a kid and, and bodies change they after do. children. Um, that's just the reality. And we're sitting on the beach and it's some very attractive young women walk by and I, I saw my wife look and she looked at me and she said, she literally said, she's like, do you wish I look like that? Mm-hmm. I was like, no, I wish you look like you. And and so it's her own insecurity, right? She's not twenty oh, yeah. something anymore. Right. She's forty three, um, and she said, she said, but my body has all these scars. And I said, yeah, from my babies, mm-hmm. from That's my good. babies, you know. And um, and again, mm. nobody got the joke this weekend. But we think, you know, you make love in the bedroom, you make love in the fox, foxhole. That's where it is. Right. It's in the battles, man. It's yeah. in the struggles. And you know, I remember when my wife was giving birth to Ethan. Every time she would have a contraction, her heart rate and Ethan's heart rate dropped. Wow. But so did, so did mine. Mm. You know, I didn't, I, I wasn't hooked up to a machine, but I can tell you my soul mm. was dying in that room and I mm. was terrified. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they're coming in and they're making a decision. Are they going to cut my wife open right there? Um, and the doctor just told me, you know, if, if this baby's heart rate drops again, and we didn't know he was Ethan, mm. but if his heart rate drops again, we're going in. We're going in. Wow. And they're preparing. And I'm just like, you know, um, it was terrifying yeah. to me. And and my son is such a gift, such an amazing gift. And my girls are gifts and they call it labor, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's you work. know, and um, did I tell you I passed out in the first one? Oh no. <laughs> for real, for reals. How, I'm hardcore, how, dude. Like, like okay, late so Tammy's, in the game or Tammy's did you like, make it a while? Like, Tammy's like bearing down. Oh, She's man. gonna hate me that I said that. <laughs> and the nurse says, get a chair. And I remember thinking, well, she's already- For who? She's already lying <laughs> oh, no, down. You were circling. Dude, and next thing you know, <laughs> I'm sitting in that chair. <laughs> you know, and- um, Oh, yeah. Oh, it's so stressful. It was just, you know, <laughs> oh my gosh. But, you know, she, she did that, you know, um, right? I don't want to be gr- graphic, but her breasts fed my kids. I mean, it's changed yeah. the way I view her. And when I dated, I had one category, hot. Sure. Right? Uh, which is contrary. That's another book I want to write, you know, things I wish I knew about dating. And mm. um, mm. and so, uh, man, I'm so blessed at who she is. And, and I love her because of the foxhole. And mm. if, people don't know what a foxhole is, but it's a, oh, it's a whole... Um, it's a, sorry, guys. What are you doing over there? Oh, we're grooving. Fix something here. Stephanie is... Yeah. Uh, 
Have this a moment. The music this is the remix. Yeah. This is the remix yeah. in the foxhole. That's good. <laughs> um, but yeah, in the foxhole, yeah, actually so in battle. In battle when, you know, bombs are going off and 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 so many people they 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 think, oh, this is judgment, man. I, I think mm-hmm. God is producing love, right? When mm-hmm. you read First Corinthians 13, love is patient, kind. You're like it's it's it never gives up, it never gives in, right? Yeah. That's foxhole, man. I mean, you, you've gone through this just difficult, difficult stuff and I'm so thankful for my wife and I'm so thankful for what we've gone through mm-hmm. together and the struggles that we've had. And um, so anyways. There's the depth, yeah. Yeah, I don't know, we got no, way in, off b- back no, to- uh, great. It kind of ties in with this uh, question that I was looking at here. Um, oh, you're gonna change the subject on me? Yeah, yeah I am. No, was, was it Average Annie? Yeah, yeah Average Annie. We love you, Average Annie. Annie. She's, yeah, yeah, you are beautifully, wonderfully made. Yeah, amen. God. There's nothing amen. average about you. Absolutely. Um, there's been a lot, there was a lot of uh, things about fear that were discussed in here. Um, a lot of things about um, thankfulness, obviously. And so Jenny says, in your sermon a few weeks ago, you talked about anger uh, versus thank- thankfulness. Mm. I, f- uh, I left feeling like I'm absolute failure because I'm angry with my husband. Last year, I found out he's had an ongoing affair throughout our entire marriage. He's made a sham of our marriage with his double life. And while he was claiming to be a Christian husband, we've recently uh, reconciled after a year apart and are seeking God to restore and direct this broken union. Uh, But I'm so angry and hurt at the way he's treated me and my family. Mm. Makes sense. And after hearing your point, uh, this um, lingering angry, after hearing your point that lingering anger is demonic, I now am feeling like I'm wrong for being angry with his choices. How do I let go of this deep anger and hurt for such a devastating betrayal? Right. Well, the first thing you need to do is is completely feel the anger. Mm-hmm. So emotions were made to be felt. And so part of you, I'm guessing, was probably afraid to feel the full wrath of your anger because that might've meant you lost, you lost him. Mm-hmm. So out of fear, you didn't completely... Uh, you know, unload your anger. And so that's what anger, that's how we deal with anger. It's not that we never feel anger. It's that you you let it rip, man. You let it come out. Do not let the sun go down on your anger, yeah. okay? So here it comes. Mm-hmm. And your husband, uh, if we can even call him that, deserves every ounce of your anger. Uh, I love that you use the word sham. Uh, the issue here is not restoration. The issue is maybe a first marriage. Because if he's been unfaithful throughout the process, he's never been. He has never left and cleft. He mm-hmm. has ne- He has never honored anything that he said. And yeah, he said words, mm-hmm. but that's all they were. So what I would say is, you were never married in the first place. You just weren't. You, you stood on stage. You got mm-hmm. dressed up. You know, hey, it was a great play. Mm-hmm. Yay! But it, it was not real. Even if it was real for you, it takes two individuals to say something and do something. And so he has to come. Uh, full circle to that. And I think he needs, uh, in counseling, he needs to feel the full force of your anger. Um, You know, don't commit a crime. Sure. Um, Don't go to jail, but you've got to get it out. Mm -hmm. I would say you got to scream at him. That's got to happen. And if he wants this marriage to work, he's got to take it. He's got to take it like a man and he's got to handle it. And you got to let it rip. Uh, And some of your family may need to let it rip. But here's the thing is you get it out, then you give Mm -hmm. it to God. Mm -hmm. That's what you do. So I'm not saying you should not feel angry. I'm saying you speak your truth. You let it out. You feel the full force of your anger, but you do not hold on to that. You hand it over to God. And here's what God promises. God promises that if your husband doesn't repent, 
If he doesn't make it right, if he doesn't confess his sins, your kindness and your graciousness will be hot coals on his head on the day of judgment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So God's anger will drip on him. And so that's the thing as Christians is, if we hold on to our anger, our anger destroys us. It gives, yeah. it gives the devil an invitation into our life. If we hand our anger over to God, God promises that he will execute wrath in the right way. Right. That's the, that's the difference between us and God is, you know, when you, when you look at so much of the law in the Old Testament, the Hebrew Bible, it's how to execute anger. Mm. What do you do? Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, I, I, people say stupid things all the time. It drives me crazy when people say, oh, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Like, like that was a bad thing. People don't realize that was a muffler on anger. Mm-hmm. So what it's saying is, if you knock out my tooth, I only can right. knock out your tooth. I, I don't get to kill. I don't get to kill you, your wife, right. your kids, your whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and a, pe- a lot of people don't realize this, but American law, and this is one of the key differences is as we interact with Muslim countries, American law is based upon Judeo-Christian law, which is when you do something, we don't hold your wife accountable. We don't hold mm. your kids accountable. We don't it hold your, you. it stops with you. Right. And people think that's American. It's biblical. Mm-hmm. And so, man, so much of the law, it's a muffler on, mm-hmm. you don't get to do this. There has to be a trial. There has to be witnesses. Right? I mean, think about this, right? Mm. But- it, God's trying to help us control this thing that if it gets out of hand, man, you know, it's it just goes crazy. And um, mm. so that's what we have to deal with. We have to figure out how to exercise our anger mm. in a righteous way. Uh, the apostle Paul and Barnabas get into it, man, yeah. and it gets heated and they go separate ways. Now, eventually we time, know yeah. they, they, they make it right. right. And Mark joins uh, the apostle Paul back on the mission field. So we have to allow grace and forgiveness. But before you can forgive your husband, you got to be angry at him. Mm. You got, you've got to feel it all. Because here's what you don't want. What you don't want is a fake marriage where you're constantly beating him up, especially if he's genuinely repented, sure. if he's truly changed. And this is the man that you want. And this is the life that you want. Don't destroy it. Yeah. Mm. And that's what that I see. anger is going to come yeah, out. That's right. what I see a lot of women right. do, especially, um, is they give partial forgiveness, mm. which is not forgiveness. And so you, you have to be willing to say, okay, I'm going to trust you. I, I'm going. I'm going to to honor you in this, and I'm going to follow you as my husband. Uh, now he's got to be trustworthy, mm-hmm. like right. I mean, he's got. He's going to have to prove it's a long himself. Road. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. a long road. What would you say then? Is that how do you know when you've crossed into that? Okay, my anger, like she's saying, is in that demonic. Like yeah. it's really now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How long do you sit in that compared to? All right, now I'm ready to hand this. I would say give it one full day of just and just mm. let it out. Mm-hmm. Scream, punch a pillow, hmm. you know. Uh, I mean, just let get it out. Tell God how angry you are. Tell Him how angry you are. Tell Him how mm. hurtful this has been. How mm-hmm. embarrassing this is. And here's how you know if He's changed. If He's changed, He'll take it. He mm. won't make excuses. Here's how you know when someone's repentant. Mm-hmm. Someone is repentant when they don't care who knows. So That's let good. me let me give you a great example. Uh, you guys know King Saul and King David. Mm-hmm. Both of them sinned. When King Saul sins, he accepts it. The prophet speaks to him. But then King Saul says, please restore me in front of my men because you've embarrassed me. Mm. David doesn't care who knows. Mm-hmm. I have sinned. He weeps. He mourns. It's public. Yeah. So Saul- Write songs about it. <laughs> yeah. Saul, right, had personal shame, but it wasn't godly shame. What she needs is her husband needs to have godly 
shame. Mm, that's good. And he needs to bring it to the throne. And when you have godly shame, you're not covering for yourself. You're not. You're mm. not. You're not trying to. Um, well, Spin I'm, it. I'm yeah. a three, right? So, right. <laughs> image. How does this make me look? You just say, "Here's what happened." Um, you know, we just had an instance um, at Sandals uh, two weeks ago where I'd made a decision and it negatively impacted uh, one of our departments. So I went to the head of the department. I said, this is on me. Mm. This was my mistake. I was wrong. I said, I know you have to handle this, but this is on me. Mm. And it was interesting. He looks at me, he goes, I've never experienced that in church. And I thought, how tragic. Wow. Yeah. How mm. tragic, like, right? So that's what leaders do is we, we model when we've blown it, when we made mistakes. Um, you know, when my wife and I are fighting or arguing, if I, if I know that I'm in sin, I'll, I'll literally say, I've sinned, please forgive me. Mm. It's not about, but my point was, well, what I meant to say was none of that's godly. Mm. None of that is godly. All of that is you're trying to cover, you're trying to make excuses. What does Adam say? Did, God says, did you eat the apple? It was me, it was the woman you gave me. Right. Right. There's no comma after I'm sorry, but mm. it's just, I'm yeah. sorry. And so that's how she knows, is he willing to talk about it? And mm. that's what a lot of women do is they don't want their husband to be embarrassed. Mm. Why? He shamed you and your family. Mm -hmm. I mean, here's the thing. If I've hurt my wife, I don't care what you guys think. Mm. <laughs> I care what she thinks. Right. Mm -hmm. You know? I mean, that's the thing that, you know, I don't know if you've ever been in accountability groups, but it always mm -hmm. cracks me up. Oh, well, who's who's accountable? Look, if I can lie to my wife, I can lie to you. Yeah. I mean, I, it just yeah. blows my mind. Like if I'm willing to cheat on my wife and create an alternative lifestyle, man, what in the heck is an accountability group gonna right. do? Yeah. And uh, and I've experienced that so many times. Um it's, it's not accountability that I seek, it's righteousness. And that, that's what I'm trying to be. And I, I want to live right and do what's right. I spent enough time sinning. It was yeah. rough. Yeah. It was really rough. And um, you know, that, that verse we had this weekend where it said, thank God for Jesus Christ. He has helped us overcome sin and death. Right. I started thinking about in my own life, all the sins I just so deeply struggled with. And the Lord has helped mm. me out of so many of those struggles. Mm. Now, and it wasn't overnight. Sure. It was years it's a long of road. battling and trusting and just, oh my gosh, Lord, I, I, I just need help. And um, it's amazing. And, and I've still got a lot of sins to, uh, to work on, but it's amazing. I, I, I'm 40, you know, my mid 40s, I'm like, oh my gosh, he has set me free from so, many of, so much mm. of this stuff. And gosh, that's blessed my marriage and all that stuff. So that's how you know, repentance, when people are genuinely repentant, and, and just let me say this, when someone is genuinely repentant, we are mandated by scripture to forgive. Mm. And a lot of people don't realize, you know, when Peter says, how many times must I forgive my brother? Jesus says, every time they repent and come to you. That, mm. Nobody ever notices that, right? Mm -hmm. Nobody ever knows. If they're genuinely sorry, um, we mm. must forgive them. Uh, did you guys see, oh gosh, what's that movie? The Francis Ford Coppola movie about the missionaries in Japan. Oh. So good. Silence? Yeah, I think so. No. Oh my gosh. Okay. If you want to wreck it. your weekend, yeah. like if you guys are like, you know what? I, I've had too much joy in my life. Watch Silence. Yeah. It will literally destroy you. Wow. Like, I, True I, I story, felt, obviously. Yeah, yeah, I needed counseling. You should do afterwards. some movie reviews. Oh yeah. my gosh. I needed counseling. It's, the movie is so good. But there's a young Japanese guy in the movie and his family's converted to Christianity. Mm. And he just blows it over and over, betrays his family, like mm. walks away, mm. is not faithful, but he constantly runs back and he begs yeah. the priest for forgiveness. Mm. And, um, and, and every time 
the priest forgives him mm. and and he's genuinely sorry. And at the end of the movie, he just says, I don't understand why God had me born in this time. Mm. Had I been born a hundred years earlier, Christianity would have been easy because the Japanese emperor decided at one point, Christianity was okay. Mm. And then they decided it's not okay. Mm. And, uh, but boy, I mean, you in that movie, I mean, people have died. Like, mm. because he betrays them, people die in that movie. And he's sorry. Um, oh, yeah, that, movie, that movie, dude, I'm serious. Like, you know, you need like a pick-me-up after that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like maybe Mary Poppins or yeah, something. Yeah, like we have like cleanser shows we watch after oh. stuff like that, so. Cleanser shows yeah. like that. Yeah, uh, that's good. Kennedy and I, my middle daughter watched that. And after it was over, she goes, I don't, I don't think I'm okay, dad. And I was like, <laughs> I'm not either. Yeah. I got to work on I this. Yeah. Watching, yeah, good. you know, so, so much of colonialism, right? And it was, a lot of it was evil. But a lot of it, there were Christians that were serious about teaching, taking the gospel mm. to places where people did not know it. And these Jesuit priests, I believe they're from Spain. I can't remember where they are. They're serious about the gospel mm-hmm. and they die for it. Yeah. And the Japanese are not kind. It no. is horrifically evil. Mm-hmm. Um, it sets a whole other perspective. Oh, it does. Yeah. It really does. Yeah. yeah. Gets oh. you off the couch. Gets me off the couch when I yeah. when I when I watch something like that. I gotta go tell some. I gotta do, yeah. I gotta do something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Wow. Yeah. All right. So Jeff wrote in. And actually, I think this goes back to our conversation some from the beginning. He says this week during the message, you mentioned that you dealt with fear and anxiety a lot in your thirties. Being a three and feeling like you need to achieve in order to feel loved and like you couldn't live up to the standard you had created for yourself is a recipe for constant feelings of never being enough. What's your best advice for a three when it comes to allowing God to be fully in control? but simultaneously using the gifts that he gave you, like that drive to achieve and do it yourself. Though I know I'm wrong, it feels like the two completely contradict each other. Okay, wow, that was like a lot. So so let's, to, if you don't know what a three is, a three on, our, our, uh, on the Enneagram is the achiever, the, uh, what's another name for it? The, um, oh man, the, the successful person. Yeah, right. There's various names for it, but basically you're driven to do something great. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing for the three, right? you're only gonna be as great as your talent can take you. Mm. So every three at some point is going to have to have a come to Jesus moment. And so like you experience this in athletics. So in athletics, very quickly, you can be very passionate about basketball, football, um, in the arts, you were in the Hollywood industry, uh-huh. right? So like every everybody's going to Hollywood and um, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a big star. <laughs> well, yeah, you and every other super talented else. person yeah, that's right. in the world. And so uh, the more competitive of a field you choose, the harder it is to be great at it. And that's just yeah. the reality. And so every three is going to have a come to Jesus moment between what they thought their life was going to be and what it is. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. for me, that was 40. I turned 40 mm-hmm. and... I, that's when I realized it hit me. Okay, my life is not what it is. And so some of you say, oh, your life's been great. Well, okay, you're not a three. So, um, you know, I, I look at my, you know, my friend, Mark Driscoll and other guys that just completely outpaced me in terms of book writing, mm. church size, success, mm. uh, you know, speaking at all of the, you know, whatever. And and that just didn't happen for me. It, mm-hmm. it just didn't happen. Mm. You know, Sandals is, uh, I don't know. I should know I'm a three, the 32nd <laughs> largest church in America. So out of, think about it, of all the churches in America, 32nd largest church, uh, that that's amazing. Uh, but that's not what I thought we would be. I thought we'd be number one. 
because yeah. I'm an unhealthy <laughs> three, yeah. right? So, so what I had to do is I had to learn is, okay, my job is not to be successful. My job mm. is to be faithful with the gifts and talents God's given me. Mm. And that's what the three has to do. So, you know, ambition is okay until it's not. Mm. <laughs> because, um, you know, threes can become so goal-oriented, they're not God-oriented. Mm. So good. yeah, I'm just tweeting myself That's here. Good. Um, and, and you've got you've got to look at that. And um, so like I'm doing my last Ironman mm-hmm. uh, a week from now. And Ironmans are great reality checks for threes. <laughs> <laughs> because you know, you, like if you're not in sports, you don't know exactly where you are. Mm-hmm. So sports tell you exactly where you are. Iron Man emails me of all the triathletes in your age group. Here's your rank. And I think it's like 700. It's really bad. <laughs> I mean, these are people my age. So it's not like, wow, I'm so much it's older. A young guy, yeah. yeah. We're going to chop off some decades. Yeah. So, um, and that just means there's, 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 there's a lot of people that are a lot more fit than mm-hmm. I am. And you just have to deal with that and embrace that and trust God where you are, not where you think you should be. Mm-hmm. That's just so important. And, and threes get so unhealthy in that. Um, very few of us are going to be millionaires. Even less of us are going to be billionaires. Most of us will never mm. be famous, and mm. that's okay. Yeah. And as I have grown, I can't tell you how many times I am thankful that Tammy and I are not more famous than we are, because there's pressures and there's mm. there's things that I I was not aware of that come with notoriety, and they're not mm. good things. Yeah, sure. you know, people people have an opinion about famous people, mm-hmm. whether they know Everyone you or not. Does, yeah. And it's look at our society; it's usually not nice, yeah. right? Um, no one spends a lot of time talking about all the great aspects of people. Oh, that's no. not going to sell. No. That's the problem. Yeah, no. Um, you know, I mean, even on our staff, you guys are on our staff. I mean, how many meetings are just centered around how amazing Matt is? <laughs> right? It's concerns. All of my meetings. Yeah, right. All of them. Concerns, what's going wrong? I don't know. Maybe he's gone nuts. Um, so it's just very, very difficult. And just say, God, help me to never be beyond where mm-hmm. you want me to be. Because mm-hmm. some people find themselves in situations that's good. where where you know, it's like Donald Trump, right? Y'all could be president. And there's gotta be that moment, right? Where all of a sudden it happens and you're like, oh, oh yeah. man. Yeah. Well, it's interesting in his question here, he talks about standards that he created for himself and, and kind of dealing with that. How have you found that as a high three? I have a high yeah. three, that's my second highest score is three. And I've wrestled with that as right. well. Like, are these God's standards for me? Which ultimately is what it comes down to. How have you wrestled through some of that and when it comes to standards? Yeah, so um, the, the first thing is, is, is I've got to make sure that I create the right standards. So where does God want me to be excellent? So early on, I was excellent in a lot of ways, but not in my marriage. Mm. So my marriage was a mess and I was a pastor of a growing church. Mm. Oops, mm. right? Um, so that was a real, real problem. And so I, I realized, okay, my first calling is to uh, my marriage and my wife, and I'm married to a six, right? Who's afraid of everything. And so I'm a three who just wants to just take over the world, right? <laughs> so that's an interesting you know, dynamic in our marriage. Um, my wife was also raised, you know, very, very poor, struggling. You know, she's a sexual abuse survivor. Mm-hmm. There, there's a lot of issues there that, um, you know, so much of it, I had to say, okay, my job is to love the woman I married. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, when I was unhealthy, I would say, well, maybe I married the wrong person. Well, oh, interesting. Because, right? Because she's she's not she's not wanting to be on this. She's not falling in line. She's not yeah. on the A train. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Interesting. Um, so then I realized my job, I had, I had to redefine success. Success is loving her, 
Um, you know, as I've grown, success is making her feel safe. So the six desires safety. Mm -hmm. So I have to constantly create a world for her in which she feels safe and secure. Then she's supportive mm -hmm. of yeah. what I'm doing. And it's not manipulative, it's just called loving your spouse. And so, yeah. you know- And knowing her, where yeah. she's at, yeah. Um, you know, my wife has made me uh, much more family oriented than I think I, I would be. Um, the men in my family are not family oriented. Mm. Um, we're work oriented and that's just how we are. Uh, so she's really helped me to understand. She's very focused on family. Uh, I think that's one of the qualities of her family. Mm. And she's, um, you know, the counterphobic six, she, she can draw draw that out like an eight in mm. me. Uh, I told people that my wife's afraid of everything in the world but me. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, she comes at me full, full bore. So I, I just had to really learn. And so, you know, again, if you're a six, it's too bad that, you know, the, uh, uh, what's Reinhold Niebuhr's prayer, uh, the serenity prayer. Mm -hmm. It's too bad that we, you know, we've only given that to drug addicts and alcoholics because mm -hmm. it's a beautiful prayer. But what he writes about is, is accepting life as it is, which is impossible for the three, because right, we're visionary. We mm -hmm. see forward, we see There's a better world. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, we see, we, we see things as how they should be. And I think that it's important that I don't change that. I need to be visionary, but I need to be based in reality. Mm -hmm. Because if I'm constantly in vision mode, and I think that's where uh, Tesla is. What's his name? Elon Musk. Oh, Elon, Elon Musk. Musk. So yeah. you take one of the most brilliant guys in the world, obviously a three, but his family mm. life is terrible. Mm. We're, we're hearing the same thing about Steve Jobs, right? These guys, mm. um, they, they just didn't understand where the win was. Right. And so Steve Jobs made beautiful things, but was terrible with people and mm. terrible you know, with his family. And so we, we have to redefine success. Um, I'm not called to be Steve Jobs. I'm called to follow Christ. So Steve Jobs doesn't have that. As far as I know, Elon Musk doesn't have that in his life either. And so we have to look at, okay, what does success look like? And so I, I was in counseling um, for about three years with mm. a, uh, a female counselor named Bobby. And the reason I chose a female counselor is because I discovered I had a problem listening to women. Mm. I just struggled. Mm. And um, mm. you know, if, if you wanna get better at listening to women, you need to force yourself in situations <laughs> where you have yeah. to listen to a woman. And so I would pay her to listen to her. And so Bobby would ask me over and over again. And, and I was too young. I was in my mid thirties. Mm. How old are you? 35. Yeah, it's probably a couple of days. It's probably about your age. Yeah. Um, and I, I, she could tell that I was wrestling with my lack of success. Mm. And she said, she would always ask me, what price are you willing to pay? Mm. Mm. That's good. She would ask me that over and over again. She said, what are you willing to give? And I think unfortunately at the time, if I was honest, I would have been willing to sacrifice my wife and my three beautiful kids for my success. That's how unhealthy I was. Mm. Um, and, you know, I saw people leave our church, become far more successful, whatever that means. Right. Well, and what, I, what we really mean by successful is well-known. Right. So that's what we need to quit calling it successful. We need to say famous, is that successful? Rich, is that successful? Because a lot of rich people are miserable. Right. Uh, a lot of well-known people are miserable, and it's not success. So I had to I had to redefine success, and and part of me was saying, okay, God, I'm going to serve you where you've called mm -hmm. me, and you've called me, you know, to, to Sandals, which is in the Inland Empire. You've called me here, and I'm I'm going to stay here, and I'm going to trust you in that. And I think the three has to present their goals to Christ, and then ultimately let Him say no, mm -hmm. <laughs> because. Most of sure. them, most of them are not about Christ at all. Even guys that are pastors of 
churches, it's not about Jesus. It's about the numbers. It's about, mm. you know, and, and you've got to constantly come back and say, okay, I've got to take a break here and say, okay, God, I, I got to care about my people. I got to move at the same pace of my people and and, and minister to them. Uh, because as a three, I, I can run ahead of them. Mm. So I, I just would really say, whoever this person is, it's a lifelong journey. Don't trust yourself. Your core sin is lying and you will lie to yourself more than anybody else. Threes mm. love to convince themselves they're doing God's work when in reality, they're doing what they want. And you're constantly re, uh, uh, assessing your standards, reassessing mm-hmm. that, what that success is. Yeah. yeah. Well, our last question here comes from Elizabeth. She says, hi, I'm 17 years old and have been a Christian all my life. The last couple of years, uh, I have found myself being very sad and having negative thoughts, even though I have a very supportive family uh, and can always talk with them. And they're always telling me uh, to think positive and be grateful for what I have. I still struggle uh, with this. And I feel as if I shouldn't feel sad when I have a lot to be grateful for. I'm always very happy when I go to church and feel uplifted. But once uh, it's been a couple of hours later, I start thinking negative again. Uh, so how do I stay positive and happy through the rest of the week? Right, so a, a lot of people believe happiness is a feeling. Mm. Happiness is a choice that we work towards. Yeah. It's just it's just like love. See, our culture is wrong on just about everything. So people think, oh, I fell in love. Like you fell in a mm. hole. No, you work for love. <laughs> That's what you do. Um, you know, happiness is something that we have to work for. It's something that we choose. Um, being thankful is choosing to focus. If you look at Philippians 4, 6, right? So he says, um, don't worry about anything, mm. but in everything with prayer and supplication, bring your request to God with thanksgiving. Mm. And then the very next verses are focus on whatever is good, honorable, right, and true, and worthy of praise. Mm. Think on these things. Yes, yeah. So, so Paul's admitting, right? It's, it's, not, it's not enough to pray. Right. We have to think. Right. And we have to think about what's good. And so mm. when you're feeling negative and, and you know, you're a 17-year-old girl, um, which, you know, we live in a culture that judges how you look. Um, and, and the truth is, as a 17-year-old girl, you want to look 25. Right. You're not. Right. Um, and when you're 25, which is hilarious, you don't feel like you look 25. <laughs> so um, there's always something comparing well, well, you know, to, in Hollywood, right, yeah. all those, you know, I remember uh, yeah. Beverly Hills 90210, they were all 30. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm like, yeah. like oh, what yeah. is happening? What is this? Right. Well, and I, I think too, I remember my, my parents when I was young, they, my, my dad had this saying, he would say, um, when it came to thinking, how we think yeah. and, and you know, when we're having negative thoughts and stuff, he would always challenge me in saying, take a whiff, meaning who's it from? That was yeah. his, that was yeah. like, take a whiff, take a whiff yeah. when we'd have these negative thoughts. And coming from that first Corinthians 10, take yeah. every thought captive yeah. and make it obedient to mm-hmm. Christ. And it's so powerful in that, um, in that age when everything is compare, compare, compare. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how have you found that, especially like with, with your kids and that kind of thing, were you there in the thick of it, of being compared with her, with um, Elizabeth having those negative things immediately? What are some practical things that you'd say in taking those that thoughts captive? Yeah, again, I would listen to the people who love you. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like she's got a good family. They're bringing her to church. Those are good things. Listen to the sermon. So she says she feels good. Right. And what I would say is, let me translate that for you. You feel good when you're focused on God. Mm. But when you leave, you lose your focus, Yeah, which is right. That's what Paul goes right into Philippians 4. So give yourself more time to focus. So surround yourself with some girlfriends who are focused on God. That's gonna be hard to find when you're 17. Mm -hmm. But find some girls who are focused on God, not on boys, 
not not overly focused on academics. It's you know, I mean, study, but right that sure. could, that can be a whole devil in and of itself mm-hmm. um, because you are not your test scores. That right. that is not the toll you know, some of who you are, you are more than a test. So, so what I would say is look at, look at the people that you're around. Mm. And oftentimes you got to realize darkness, love darkness, depressed people like depressed people. Mm -hmm. And so um, what's the old saying? Misery loves company. company. And so you've got to look for people who are more positive. And what I would encourage you to do is be critical, not just of who you date, but who, who you befriend. Who are the people that I'm allowing into my life? Because, you know, there have been so many friendships, even at Sandals, this is hard for me to say, but there have been people that I've been so close with at Sandals that I've just had to say goodbye to because mm. they just want to be negative. Mm-hmm. Like, mm. it's just, you know, oh my gosh, you know, I mean, are we still talking about that? That was mm. 20 years ago. Right. What mm-hmm. What on earth? You know, I can't remember what I ate for lunch yesterday, but you know, so, so really, really be critical and be really wise in the way that you choose your friends. Oh, yeah. Um, so in the Catholic Bible, in the book of Sirach, it's uh, the book of wisdom. A lot of people don't know this, but there's two whole chapters on friendship, mm. just dedicated mm. to how you choose, what to look for, and what they should be like. There's some funky stuff in that book too. So that's just <laughs> just, just just know that, um, especially if you're a woman, there's some, uh, there's yeah. some good takeaways. But there's some yeah, good takeaways, man. It. It's really rough, especially mm. if you're a child born out of wedlock. I'm, I'm mm. glad that as Protestants, they're like, eh. So, but <laughs> the stuff on friendship mm-hmm. is invaluable. I mean, yeah. it's just so important. And uh, I, I've thought yeah. about writing like a, just something like a, just something on some of the great moments in the book of Sirach. Mm-hmm. It's just, and again, if you're Catholic, it's in your Bible. Uh, it's in the Apocrypha, which means hidden or secondary. Right. So. Yeah. Um, well, what I love too is even like as a parent, especially she's 17 years old, how important it is to be aware of the kids that you're kids friends with. Yeah. Like I was actually talking with my sister-in-law over Thanksgiving. She's like, oh yeah, I ran into the dad of one of my really close high school girlfriends who said, oh yeah, I prayed for you so much while you were growing up. Like she's a mom wow. now. She's oh. and she ran into him. He's like, yeah, he's like, I prayed for you so much. He's like, I cared so much about who my daughter was friends with. So I spent a lot of time praying for you. Yeah. And so it was really cool for him to get to see like how she's grown up and everything now. Um, but how important it is like as her parents to be praying for who her mm. friends are too and be aware of who they're, she's friends yeah. with. It's, it's that important. Yeah. yeah, and what I would say is um, it's it's better to be alone than to be with bad people. Mm-hmm. Mm. And so um, mm. if you can learn to live that one principle, you're gonna be much happier in life mm-hmm. because a lot of people get into relationships because they don't wanna be alone. And mm-hmm. ultimately that relationship costs them just horrible, horrible oh, yeah. things in their life. Yeah. And the same thing is true with friends. And let me just say this to you, you know, sweetie, you're 17. If people will talk about others when they're with you, they will talk about you when they're not with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So gossip, gossip, just, man, that's just a really, really bad thing. And so yeah. uh, surround yourself with people that are encouraging, that are uplifting, yeah. that see the beauty in people, that mm-hmm. see the positive. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think that that's so, so important, especially in a culture, right? We're, we're all products of a culture that's negative, mm. that's glass half empty. That's just, that's just our culture. And so we, we need to, uh, you know, it, it's going to be hard. And, and I'm asking yeah. you to do things that are beyond your level of maturity. So I'm asking mm. you to trust me uh, and find people that you can trust. And, and yeah. again, that's why we need people that are older than us in our life. In our, in our culture, we write off wisdom and we write off age. Yeah. And the truth is there are some things I know that you don't know and so you just need to trust me. Even if you don't believe it yet, trust me. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can have one good girlfriend in your life, you're blessed. Mm. Yeah. Just one. Uh, if you can find a guy that loves you, 
you're blessed. Mm-hmm. Those are rarities. Those are, you know, uh, Proverbs 31, who can find a good woman, mm. right? That's yeah. how it starts. It's, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're, we're all mad at God because, you know, and I walked with you through this, mm-hmm. uh, as Stephanie was single for quite a while, quite a while. you know, people, people act like love is easy. Mm-hmm. It's not. No. And so again, that's our expectations. I did a series, what was it called? Be Happy or I can't remember. Beyond Happy. Beyond Happy, where, uh, you know, people expect happiness and that's why we're miserable. You know, we need to be thrilled when something Mm. happens and we're excited and... um, yeah, and I would even say pointing back to you know one of our earlier questions, I think it's important for her to be able to have a place where she can process those negative thoughts too, and it's okay to feel those feelings. Yeah, you're you know, right. I'm even wondering, if, you know, we talk about you know folks who are like the four in the enneagram yeah. who are high in feelings, and you need to let yourself feel the feelings, work through it, but again, find a place to work forward and move forward out mm. of that and pursue happiness, pursue joy. But it's also okay to feel the feelings for a yeah, little bit, right. not try to shove those down, not right. try to ignore that they're there. But as you're looking for those good friends, find people who are safe to share your negative thoughts and feelings with. Yeah. Because I know for me, it's been incredible. Once I kind of get them out and I say them out loud, like, well, these are all the terrible things I'm thinking and feeling. They're not so bad anymore. And I've mm. had a, like a safe people to talk about those with who don't heap it on and say like, oh yeah, that's process. so bad. They help right. me process. They help me yeah. move forward. Yeah, they help yeah. me look for what's good. But it's also okay, I think, to process and express those negative feelings and feel them for yeah. a little yeah. bit and then move forward. Yeah. So um mm. I would say feelings are like seasons, they change. Mm-hmm. And so uh, if you're always in winter, that's a problem. But mm-hmm. if you're always in summer, you know, you're in a Disney movie. So <laughs> um, you, you've got to learn to, to feel that. And so the other thing I would say, sweetheart, is, is continue to talk with your parents. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if this is something that lasts, you need to see a therapist. Mm-hmm. That, that's mm-hmm. what I would say. Yeah. Uh, because again, our, your chemistry is not your character. Mm-hmm. And so some of us have biochemistry issues that are affecting the way that we feel. And there's an, there's an imbalance there and right. we can be helped by having our chemistry altered. And so mm-hmm. um, that is not a sin. That's something that I would right. pursue. I've never yeah. had to, um, that's not true. I've taken Xanax before. So, but I've never been on like um, Prozac yeah. or I'm trying Zoloft. to think of mm-hmm. Zoloft or anything yeah, like that. But I have had, um, um, I take Xanax when I fly. I'm not a good flyer. I just, <laughs> I'm not. So uh, like I've prayed about it. I've fasted. I take a Xanax. So um it just, it just helps me fly. So, uh, you know, but watch that. That stuff's addictive. You got to be very, very careful mm. um, because yeah. it, can, it can hook you. Mm. All that stuff can hook you. Um, but it's okay to seek professional help. Yeah, it's okay to that. seek right. professional help and, and to feel. And what I would say is don't, don't try to numb your feelings with alcohol, especially with marijuana. I know right. a lot of the young people today are smoking uh, marijuana and it's the oil. Mm-hmm. Look, it's problematic, man. We're we're seeing uh, psychotic episodes on a rise like we've never mm-hmm. seen before, and because that oil that doesn't smell is it's literally been it's so funny to me, man. So, 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 so like you know, so much of our movement is non-GMO. So we don't want our corn altered, but we're <laughs> going to smoke weed that's altered. It's just mm-hmm. like like look, it's either one way or the other, right. and so they've chemically altered the way they manufacture this marijuana and it's making people crazy. Mm. And so, um, you know, so, so to just be careful that you don't self-medicate, right. mm-hmm. make sure that you're, you're with a doctor, you're walking through this with somebody um, because uh, th- what it shows is marijuana makes it worse. Yeah. So uh, same thing with alcohol. time. Yeah. yeah. It numbs you, but it doesn't but help you. It doesn't you. help you. Yeah. yeah. And I think part of that too, of that process of really taking every thought captive, it is like yeah. working out a new muscle. Yeah. If you've never done it before, it if you've hurts. just taken everything in as truth, you have to begin to learn to say, well, hold on. That thought that I'm having right now, as I compare it to what does God say about me? Right. What, if, what are these people speaking into my life? As you learn to do that, 
at first it's it's kind of awkward. Yeah, it's like, yeah. well, but then you, it becomes a muscle. That's been my experience. It becomes a muscle to within those thoughts, not that they go away right. per se, but it's what you do with them and how you process them. Mm-hmm. I love what you said about having people in your life that can help you mm-hmm. process that is so powerful because you hear it out loud mm-hmm. and then they can speak truth into it is, mm-hmm. is very powerful. Yeah, and I would just say this. Uh, did she give us her name? Elizabeth. Uh, Elizabeth. Yeah. Elizabeth. Man, I'm depressed every Sunday after church. So, and part of that is right. Um, like you guys see me all energetic. I mean, mm. I'm at, I'm like I'm out of my mind. You can't maintain that, right? Yeah. So, like I I can't live at that level. Like people right. think I'm like that all the time. Like I would be neurotic if I was like that all the time. <laughs> um, and so, uh, so on Sunday afternoons, there's a natural withdrawal. Mm-hmm. There's a natural coming down, to so yeah. to speak. Um, and this is why a lot of performers turn to drugs because they don't know how to handle that crash. Right. Mm-hmm. right. So, um, you know, you just you, you just got you just got to know. You know, like think about when you fly in an airplane. When you go up or you come down too quickly, right? There's a pressure change. Mm-hmm. Well, we feel that physically, but but it also happens emotionally. And so, the beauty of church is, right? For a second, we get to check out and mm-hmm. check in on God, mm-hmm. and that's a wonderful thing. And so what I would encourage you to do is when you're feeling dark or depressed, man, check in with God as quickly mm-hmm. as you can. Um, and especially as a young person, oftentimes it helps to check in with somebody else who loves God. Yeah. yeah. So that's really helpful. That's good. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us for this episode. If you want to get some of the notes, you can check those out at debrief.show slash 127. We'll also throw links in there for how to start or join a community group here at Sandals Church. I think that's going to be incredible, especially as we're looking into the holidays and starting the new year. It's a great time to start or join a group. We would love to help you do that. So. All right. Thanks. Thanks for being yeah. on the show. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I'll be, pray, I'll be praying for the deer that you're cool. going to go kill thanks, right man. now. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take him down.